Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. I'm going to be taking you guys on a solo episode today. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to get into. First things first, going to be starting off with the Blues' impressive 5-1 to victory over the red-hot Calgary Flames, who had scored, I believe, 13 goals in their last two games, including the 7-1 victory over the Blues on Monday. Uh, so huge win there all around. Billy Huso continues to dominate. I'm um, going to be talking about the Blues' performance at home and Billy Huso's performance at home in general as they have been unbeatable uh, in St. Louis this year. Uh, and I'm be closing things out by taking a few of the mailbag questions that we got on Twitter uh, yesterday before the game. A couple things to get into there. But before I get into any of that, I wanted to thank anyone and everyone out there that is making Locked on Blues your first listen because we are free and available on all podcast platforms. Now, the St. Louis Blues came in to... Well, St. Louis, I guess. So the Calgary Flames came into St. Louis last night, Thursday night, for uh, a big game, you know, a hopefully revenge game for St. Louis. And if you're Calgary, you're looking at to, to build on what you've done the last two games because not only did the Calgary Flames beat the Blues 7-1 to on Monday and outshot them 48-21 to last night, or not last night, but the night before the Blues game, they played the Columbus Blue Jackets and won six to nothing, outshooting them sixty-two to twenty-three. So, two of the most dominant performances any team has had this season come in back-to-back games from the Calgary Flames, <laughs> heading into Thursday night's matchup against the St. Louis Blues. So, the Blues clearly had their handful, um, you know, right out of the gate, and it was going to require a, a consistent sixty-minute performance, uh, a team that hot offensively. You know, you really can't afford to take any time off or else you could be looking at the being on the wrong end of a pretty big deficit, as we saw Monday night. And sure enough, the Blues got out of the gates pretty hot, uh, as they did on Monday during Monday's game. Uh, This time it was not a shorthanded goal. It was Brandon Saad with his first of what would be two goals on the night with a wrist shot off of a great pass from Shen and Krug. Uh, I saw a tweet that was like, Tori Krug had the puck. Um, at like the 14 minute mark or something like that. And then within six seconds, um, it went from behind the blues net to in the flames goal. So just tremendous performance of getting up the ice quickly, um, and catching Markstrom a little off guard, I think, and, uh, putting the blues up one to nothing pretty shortly after that though, Backlund took advantage of the blues inability to clear the puck, something that was plaguing them on Monday. Uh, and tied it up one to one, and at that point, I was getting a little nervous. You know, it felt like very similar to the start that we saw on Monday, where the Blues started out okay. You know, sort of playing fifty fifty, and then all of a sudden, they can't get the puck out of the zone for the life of them. And Calgary just keeps getting chance after chance after chance, and that's kind of what was happening. You know, Huso was doing a good job, but can't really do much on a play like that. It turned into like a three on one uh, for the Flames as the Blues couldn't get the puck out of their own zone and tie the game up one to one. Uh, I was definitely a little nervous there, like I said, just that we were seeing a repeat of Monday. But the Blues did a very good job of not only 
not sitting back after giving up that tying goal, but they upped the pressure, and Braden Shen continues his hot streak, got his 10th goal of the season from Nico Mikola on a great play. Another just sort of example of getting up the ice quickly, turning some, turn nothing into something, and getting the go-ahead goal. From that point forward, the Blues really didn't look back. They played solid hockey for the rest of the first period. Uh, they did a tremendous job. I think they only, only allowed seven shots in that period from the Flames versus... The last time they played, I think the Flames got 21 shots in the first period. So the Blues did a really, really good job of limiting the Flames' offense and playing solid defensive hockey. And then when called upon, Philly Huso stood tall, made some really good saves uh, in the game as well. But you got to chalk it up to the Blues' defense, um, playing really, really well that game and just not allowing the Flames to get anything like they got on Monday in that 7-1 to victory. Brandon Saad got his second goal of the night on kind of a similar play, uh, sort of a broken play. You know, unassisted goal for Saad, uh, got a nice wrist shot off, put the Blues up 3-1, to and from that point forward, they really didn't look back. They played really sound hockey for the rest of the night. Um, Brandon Saad, you know, with his 15th goal of the year, ties him for second on the St. Louis Blues. Underrated uh, addition to the team this year. You know, he's been good. But we haven't really been talking about him a whole lot on this podcast and on Twitter and all that. So uh, huge game from him. Uh, huge goal from him as well. And then Jordan Cairo, uh, early in the third, scored one of the prettiest goals you'll ever see uh, off of a pass from Robert Thomas behind the net. And just the patience on Jordan Cairo was oh, to die for. Just waited out Markstrom and just fired it into an empty net. Um, really, really satisfying goal to see. Cairo with his 17th goal of the season. Robert Thomas with his 27th assist put the Blues up 4-1 to one, and they continued to apply the pressure. Got a power play late and Ryan O'Reilly scores his 10th goal of the year. The Blues up 5-1 to one. initially. Wasn't called a goal by the refs, but looking at the replay, it was clear that Markstrom scooped it out of the net uh, and Ryan O'Reilly was awarded the goal and my locked-on player of the game. Vladimir Tarasenko, Tarasenko, Tarasenko got an assist uh, and I believe... David Perron, Tommy's lockdown player of the game, got zero points. So that late assist on the garbage time goal officially gave me the victory. Let's go. Um, <laughs> jokes aside, uh, incredibly strong performance overall from the St. Louis Blues to get revenge on a team that absolutely embarrassed them on Monday night with a 7-1 to one just, you know, em- embarrassment. I hate to keep using that word, but there's no better way to describe it. Blues got embarrassed. Um, would have been easy to come in and, and you know be dejected and, and fall into the same traps that you fell into Monday night, but the Blues are the exact opposite. They almost flipped the script. It wasn't quite seven to one, but it was five to one. Um, and Calgary got half as many shots as they did last game against Columbus, and uh, about half as many shots as they did against the Blues in their first game. They did win the shooting battle, um, twenty nine to twenty eight, which was interesting. But it was more of just a late push from Calgary. You know, Billy Huso made some, like I said, some spectacular saves. Uh, on some odd man rushes, two-on-ones. Made it look really easy. Uh, really strong rebound control. The Blues continued to get decimated in the faceoff dot, winning only 39% of their faceoff. So that's a little concerning. But other than that, you know, you got to be happy with the way that the Blues played. Um, and a big part of that is because they were at home. Uh, in the second segment of today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the Blues' performance at home. It's more specifically Billy Huso's performance at home because he has been unbeatable in St. Louis, dating back to last season so i'm gonna be getting into that and more but first next time the blues are playing at home and billy who's in that you might want to put some money down because like i said they've been unbeatable and if you do want to put your money where your mouth is you got to check out bet online there might be less football being played but bet online has 
way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scored totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Check out BetOnline.ag where the game starts, and I'll be right back. All right, so uh, dating back to April 10th, 2021, Billy Huso's stats on home ice look like this. In 10 starts, he is 9-0-0 with a 1.50 goals allowed average and a 9.51 save percentage. In the month of January, this month, he is 6-0-0 at home in seven starts with a 1.1 goals allowed average and a 965 save percentage this season in the last 16 home games the st louis blues are 14 1 and 1 it is mind-blowing numbers um flip side of that is they have been pretty poor on the road but that's not what i'm going to be talking about today we'll be getting into that you know next time the blues play a road game which checking here making sure it's not tomorrow um, it's not tomorrow. They're playing at home again tomorrow. So cool. Uh, we'll get into the road, you know, struggles in another date. But now I do want to talk about the positives of that and just how impressive it is that the Blues are this dominant on home ice. Um, like I said, Blues are 14-1-1 in their last 16 home games. Um, and then Brendan Saad had a quote on Billy Hughes, so sort of revolving that uh, around that. Brendan Saad said, quote, I haven't seen a better goalie in the league lately. He's been great back there, and I think when you have that, you're going to have confidence. You don't want to give up too many chances, but when he can make saves for us, it helps us transition. So you can read into that a little bit and um, potentially take away that maybe the the guys aren't as confident playing in front of Jordan Bennington. Uh, I think that would be pretty reflective of the performance we saw on Monday and some of the performances we've seen throughout the season. Um, <laughs> but again... Gonna kind of try to spin this in a positive way. Maybe we'll get into the negative connotations of that later. You know, next time I record with Tommy, we'll have a nice little debate about it. But for now, I'm gonna choose to look at that as a positive and say that the guys really trust Billy Huso. Billy Huso isn't just, you know, getting the easy games or whatever, what have you. He's playing good hockey and the team is recognizing that and the team is energized and excited to play in front of him. Uh, and I think that goes with, you know, the performance at home. Uh, the St. Louis Blues in the locker room before home games, you know, Billy Huso starting or Jordan Binnington starting, but more specifically, Billy Huso started. They're feeling, they're feeling over the moon with confidence. You know, it's, it's, they're looking at, whether you're looking at your record, um, listening to the fans, whatever, something about that home arena has been money for the St. Louis Blues this year in terms of playing confidently and getting wins. Um, all those come from behind victories that they've had this season. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but just considering how much better they've been at home than on the road, I wouldn't be surprised to see a majority of those come from behind victories have come when the Blues are playing in St. Louis. Um, 
just because that confidence, you know, it doesn't die out. And we've seen that in the games that the Blues have, you know, come from behind and won or just the games like that game in Calgary last night where they played really well. It just comes down to playing confident hockey. You know, the Blues gave up a tying goal and they didn't let the, their foot off the gas. The Blues have been down and out of games before and they just don't let their foot off the gas. You know, great. it's great to point out the the Dallas game where they were down um, – 1-0 with 45 seconds left and one in regulation. Uh, I believe that game was at home. It might not have been. Let me check. Um, yeah, that was a home game. So something about playing in that arena is just gives the Blues that extra little oomph they need to to pull out victories when maybe they don't deserve to. Uh, and that's that's exciting because, you know, it was in the, in the cup run season, the Blues really relied on their road performances to um, – you know, propel them to a Stanley Cup in the playoffs. Uh, and while that's not quite there yet, playing as well as they are at home, you know, it's pretty easy to sort of take that mentality and shift it to road games. Because once you start getting one, two wins in a row on the road, you're like, oh, yeah, we can play as well on the road as we do at home. You know, it's not quite the same. It's not quite as motivating. You don't got the fans behind you as much. But it's clear that when the Blues have that extra, just an extra little bit of fire under them, uh, playing in front of that home crowd, they are such a successful hockey team, uh, and it's it's beautiful to see. Um, especially after how poor they looked on Monday against Calgary, it was so so refreshing to see them play this well uh, against the very same team that whooped their butts just a few days earlier. Uh, it, this you know, last night's game, you know, really hammered home every single point of success the Blues have had this season. Well, Monday's game was an example of everything that had been going wrong for the Blues this season. The defense looked poor. Team wasn't playing as well in front of Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington, you know, I don't want to say he could have played better, but whatever. There was a lot of uh, of the worst parts of the Blues season were on display on Monday. In complete opposite fashion, the best parts of the Blues season were on display last night. You know, they played solid defense. The offense put up five goals on a team that had been playing really solid defense, only allowing one goal over the last two games. Um Goaltending was extremely strong from Billy Huso. Special teams was strong. Uh, every aspect of the Blues' win last night were the things that were getting them wins earlier in the season. So this team is fine. You know, I don't think this, we thought the sky was falling after Monday. Of course, Tommy and I got on here all reactionary, you know, had some fun titles like, oh, trade everyone, you know, sell the house. But, you know, it's, it's, it's concerning. You never know that if a loss like that is going to derail the season and you're just never going to be able to shake that little itch in the back of your mind that says okay yeah but remember that loss in calgary are we really this good and you kind of lose confidence it's clear now to me at least through one game knock on wood that i'm not just gonna make myself look like an idiot um that the blues didn't let that shake their confidence in the slightest they came out against the very same team and put on a clinic on every all ends of the ice defensively neutral zone transition offensively special teams goaltending everything was on point for the st louis blues in that win over the calgary flames last night and i am really really excited to see them continue this momentum tomorrow afternoon game against the winnipeg jets uh, so i'm going to be talking a little bit about that plus getting into the mailbag questions from you guys on twitter uh when i come back so don't go anywhere All right, so first things first, going to kind of go rapid fire through these mailbag questions. Got a couple replies on Twitter. Let's see. Let's go to the very first one. All right, first reply comes from Tim Mitchell. He says, if you could interview any player that ever played for the Blues, who would it be and why? That is 
Damn, that's a tough question. I should have read these before if I knew they were going to be so uh, so uh, thought provoking. That is, damn, that's interesting. I think any player that previously played for the Blues. I mean, the obvious answer seems to be Brett Hall. You know, uh, just with his personality, his impact um, on you know the community and the alumni and all that. He is such a legend uh, in St. Louis hockey history, and you know, very clearly in the cup run and the parade, all that shows that he's got a pretty dang entertaining personality as well. I would love to get him on here. Uh, it would be difficult to get, you know, to condense that to 20 minutes just with all the things that we would want to talk about the parade, the team this year, his history with the team, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I think Brett Hall is pretty much the obvious answer uh, for me on that one. Uh, moving on to the next question, Richard Clay says, with Perron struggling a bit this year, you think the Blues resign him? If so, for how much and how long could they possibly move him if they don't feel like they want to bring him back? I don't foresee a Perron trade ever happening with just how much loyalty he's shown to the organization. It would just be a little a little cruel to ship him off for a bag of peanuts. You know, he's getting up there in age. It's not like, I guess, if some team wanted to look at him as a rental, you could get something back for him. But the Blues aren't really in a position to be giving out rentals to other teams. Um, and like I said, with the loyalty that David Perron has shown the St. Louis Blues, Resigning here on two separate occasions, um, especially after we exposed him in an expansion draft. I think if he wants to play here, he probably will because just I don't foresee his next contract breaking the bank by any means. I think he's going to be, if he were to come back, it would be on a pretty cheap deal. Um, but again, he is getting up there in age and with his concussion history, we don't really know how long he's going to stick around for. So I, I could definitely foresee him sort of on a Tyler Bozak type situation, taking a a huge pay cut to just stick around for one, two more years. Um, I maybe he walks and goes somewhere else, but no, I don't see the Blues trading David Perron in any any scenario. Uh, next question comes from B Lawrence: Are the Blues kicking themselves for the contract of Colton? They tend to have underwhelming players screw them over. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, the good thing about Pareko's contract is it's not like an albatross. It's not like you know absolutely huge. Where worst case scenario, they needed to get rid of him, they couldn't. I think it's it's maybe a little too high for the play that they're getting out of him now, but it's not it's not like you're you're paying for an elite elite defenseman and you're getting like a third pairing guy. Colton Pareko has still been pretty good. He hasn't been as good as maybe we expected or we wanted, and he hasn't been quite as good as that contract would uh would hope he is. But I don't think it's something that at least for now I don't think it's something that you're really looking at and saying, "Dang, I really wish the Blues had." use that money somewhere else because it's still Colton Brick was still a solid defender. He played really well last night in Calgary, made some big plays on some two on one stuff. So I think the flashes are there. I think Colton Brico can still return to what we saw out of him of that cup run. Um, but yeah, time will tell on that contract. It could be the situation where two, three years from now, God forbid he continues to regress because I definitely think he's regressed at least a little bit from his performance in that cup run. If he continues to regress and has, you know, another step back this season, next season, season after that, then we could be looking at that per that contract being real rough. Um, but as of right now, I think the jury's still out. Give it time. That's my answer. Give it time. All right, moving on. Next question comes from Richard Clay. Again, if McKinnon can't play in the All-Star game, what are the chances Thomas takes his spot? Um... I would say I would probably say kind of unlikely. I don't have the the second chance players for the Central Division in front of me. I just Robert Thomas to me doesn't strike me as like a household name, like instant you know player to get in. 
I could be wrong. I also don't think McKinnon's going to miss the All-Star game because of that, but he might. Um, we'll see. I know it's a broken nose. I'm not sure if it's anything more. If he's got like other facial fractures or something, he might find himself out of the All-Star game. I would love to see Robert Thomas get in. Um, I- I'm not sure. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on it just because I do think that there's some other guys on that list that are also pretty deserving as well. Um, but I would love to see Thomas and Cairo at the All-Star game. I would hate to see it at the expense of an injury of a guy like Nathan McKinnon. But yeah, definitely, definitely something that I would be hopeful for. And that is the final mailbag question. So real quick, I'm not sure if we're going to get a preview episode out in time. So I'm going to spend a little bit of time previewing tomorrow's matchup between the St. Louis Blues and Winnipeg Jets. So the Blues and Jets play tomorrow at 3 p.m. before the Blues take a uh, pretty hefty break from hockey, it's looking like, unless the schedule has changed. This is the last game they'll play for, like, two weeks? That doesn't seem right. Um, if, if I'm wrong, someone let me know in the comments if there's, like, some emergency schedule due to the Olympics not happening that I'm I'm not seeing. But as of right now, I'm looking at the schedule. They play tomorrow. Um, January 29th, and then they don't have another game on the calendar until February 10th. So that would kind of suck. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. Someone let me know, please. Um, if I just missed, missed an announcement or something. Uh, but that being said, still got a big game tomorrow. Winnipeg Jets have been underwhelming this season at 17, 16, and 7. But divisional matchup, you can never count out divisional opponents. You're going to be seeing a lot of them. They got a lot of scouting on you, they got a lot of notes on you. It's going to be a battle. Uh, and assuming Halibuck is in net, which I would assume he is, um, he's always uh, a dominant player you know, in net. He hasn't had the strongest year this year, but still, he's always given the Blues a hard time. So it's going to come down to the offense of the St. Louis Blues for sure. Um, I think a guy like Braden Shen is a player to watch. Uh, would be my pick for lockdown player of the game. He has been absolutely on fire lately. He has five goals and eight points in his last five games. Um, and it's really just going to come down to depth, I think. Defensive depth is where the Winnipeg Jets have struggled this year, uh, and the Blues can take advantage of that just with their endless stream of skilled scoring forwards. Uh, So really just going to come down to uh, playing consistent hockey, all four lines offensively, and you know weathering the storm defensively if you're the St. Louis Blues, because the Jets still do have a pretty scary offense, a lot of size, a lot of speed on that offense. So if you can... You know, hold hold off the Jets' offense enough. I think their defense is weak enough where the Blues' forward lines are going to eventually overwhelm them, and they should be able to come away with a victory. But that being said, that is all the time I have for you guys today. I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That way you never miss a new upload. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We've been getting a lot of subscribers lately. It's so fun to see that. Uh, hit the notification bell on YouTube. That way you can be the first one to watch our new videos, comment, like, all that fun stuff that you hear all the time. Uh, follow us on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at Locked On Blues. Follow my Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy's Twitter at TWelcher15. Like I said, thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.